1: Welcome to Foundation and Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Foundation on Apple TV+. This week, we're covering Season 1, Episode 10, titled The Leap. Respect and
0: enjoy the podcast. All right, Aaron. What did you think of this episode? Uh, I really like this episode. I It's funny because
2: like with like 10 minutes to go, I was feeling like, yeah, I can see how they're going to hand this thing off from the show to the book and kind of keep the general plot going. And, you know, Goyer's always said that this is going to, you know, with the salver we meet in the books is much more seasoned. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, this isn't the Sal. This is her origin story. And I'm like, OK, well, now we're going to season two. She's going to be the mayor of Terminus. Sounds yeah, right back on track. Out the right? vault, yep. right back on track, and then they <laughs> threw a wicked curveball. Wow! uh Which, like, and now that's the thing. It's like, um, I, I like a, a big swing like that. Um, and it, it's weird because, like, um. It reminds me of like what Vince Gilligan said that like at the end of the season, they always like to give themselves like, um you know, paint themselves in a the corner as a creative exercise. I don't think that's what Goyer's is doing because it seems like he has like a, a rough or maybe not so rough outline of mm-hmm. the next seven or eight seasons. Right. Yeah. But uh, it feels to me like this to me feels like a paint in the corner. Like, what the hell are you yeah. going to do? Uh also, like I was really like <laughs> so some of the things about like how fucked the empire is from like a mm-hmm. genetic dynasty was kind of like a real uh kind of thrilling shock to me. Um And yeah, I just some the so, some of the some of the imperial stuff was was real strong this week. Let's put it for that sure. Way. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think this is a pretty amazing episode.
1: I. I saw all those rails that we were getting back onto. Um, I'm, I'm like, okay, we've got 500 years of empire. You know, this it can't all derail in a span of like 30 years. So we're gonna need a lot more. And then they they started to derail it, and I'm, I'm seeing uh, trains go off of lines and roll over onto their sides, and then you know, dammerzel violently brings brings it back onto the rails. <laughs> you know, she yeah. supermans it back onto the rails. It's crazy. Uh, and then the stuff with, yeah, with Salvor, this is like a burning your ships behind you moment for her. Mm-hmm. And now they're both kind of stuck here. I guess Salvor would have a ship maybe in orbit, just kind of floating around at her ship. Maybe. or but she said was something she- about crash landing. i
2: yeah so yeah i think i think the beggar like i think that that's what she that's the beggar is lying at the bottom of the ocean now i don't know maybe this is a star wars situation where like you can have an x-wing sitting under the waves for 30 years and yeah you know you can just get it out because like that's how fucking good material science is now no rusting no decay but and that that might be like i am over second guessing this show's technology man oh yeah, yeah that that uh, hairy chrysalis at the beginning of the episode like i started to be like what the and i'm like you know what nanobots 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 and and thirty thousand years of human advancement sure i just they're they're operating on science i can't even understand so Mm -hmm. indistinguishable from magic sure I, i love it um yeah it's just wild to see things
1: not go the way i thought they were gonna go uh and being set up so well And I'm also, you know, a big fan of what they they did with like Salvor and Hugo in this. I I actually like their relationship quite a bit. Right. It's like they obviously care about each other a lot, but they're willing to say, hey, you got to be you and I got to be me. And yeah, they're, they're sort of ships
2: passing in the night in a way. I will say that Hugo is mature. Um, I I was shocked. <laughs> yeah. I was shocked that Salvor pulled into, yeah. like, good, like, it, what essentially becomes goodbye forever. Well, I, I don't know. Uh-huh. Like, maybe, maybe she'll have some adventures in between her, but she's not, like, she doesn't spend, like, 20, 30 years before she gets into that time capsule. Like, she's recognizably the same person. So, like, yeah, like, you know, Hugo's... I mean, I don't know what kind of relationship they had, but, like, it's it's pretty shitty to just ghost somebody. Yeah. Uh, especially when you're stealing their ship, too, on top of that. Uh, yeah, it's you know, rough, like I, but, yeah, she, she does not handle that very well. It's, especially, it's once especially they get together, Hugo, it's like, yeah. Especially since Hugo could handle it, like, clearly. Uh-huh, was clearly. was not going to, like, do the whole, like, oh my god, please, will you not? And he's had a couple of opportunities to be a stand-up guy, this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a little shitty that she didn't trust him yeah. apparently maybe, or, maybe i'm viewing it from or was side. afraid of the emotional confrontation for sure um
1: yeah I, I understand why she might be but also yeah that does suck uh but i, I don't know the, those scenes where you know they both get teary-eyed they've had a couple now when she was uh leaving the invictus i guess um mm-hmm. yeah th- those have been good scenes i've enjoyed this mm-hmm. but man not as much as I enjoyed the the Empire
2: stuff in season one. It's been so good. Empire has um, I mean, it's great because like it's. Uh, it's a great villain. And I, I mean, I, I think if I have understood Goyer, right, that they, they're intended to be kind of the antagonist for a large part of the series. Mm-hmm. And I start thinking about like, because like you, like I I thought they're going off the rails and then Dimmerzel put them back on with the hands of steel but then they kind of blow it up again. And I'm like, are what are, so what's yeah. this look like three seasons from now? Like Lee pace with like a hunchback or three arms or, uh-huh. you know, like, like what, like what kind of what, how will they continue? Cause right now the, the, the rod is on the inside, right? It's just right. like, yeah, you're, you're, you've got these like slightly, you lace your things different. You, you, you got some missing rods or cones in your eyes. It's all that, but like, once a genetic drift starts drifting and you don't have any sample to like return to, to, to baseline, what does that look like? Yeah. Um I feel like they need to and,
0: not
1: disintegrate uh Dusk when when he inevitably becomes Brother Darkness. They they probably need to maybe freeze well, him in a little that's carbonide the big, start taking. That's, some, the
2: big, that's that's one of the big cliffhangers, right? That like is they they that they, 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 they right. toss that ball in the air is is Dusk compromised too? I I guess I would think that he is, but well well, Um, yeah we don't
1: know he seems to be you know the one who's most empire right now um if you kind of compare him to what the original vision for this empire this legacy was yeah he's the most imperial empire for sure yeah 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 but he also made a crucial error with the anacreons right that played right into Harry's hands
2: so who knows uh but maybe it's gonna be really interesting next season the the thing is is like maybe they're suggesting that da- day is drifted and that's why cuz like i i think maybe there's room to interpret like if if empire had continued to be as dominant and like just straightforward confrontational um as the old as dusk is that they wouldn't have these problems i think that's dusk's opinion mm-hmm. on the other hand like what the fuck, man? You show up on to the on on the maiden with like a fleet of warships and you bomb half the planet, like yeah. I don't think that's going to solve. Like, yeah, I, I think you, you're 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 running to the end of like what what force can get you. And I that you know if you yeah. believe what, but but that that's 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 what's so interesting because they're 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 remixing this the very concepts of psychohistory and and what Foundation was all about to the to the point that like, is it inevitable or is Harry? A revolutionary. He's just like, this is yeah. like, like, is the empire going to fall or is he just like, I've looked at psycho history and I see the galaxy go into this like fascist hellhole and I'm not having it. Mm-hmm. Like, and my way of revol- revolting is like creating some kind of self-fulfilling prophecy that then I can guide into, which yeah. Let that's it fall. a lot more megalomaniacal, I think, than than even Harry Seldon is from the books, which is saying a lot. Mm hmm. Yeah, I've
1: only read that first book, so I don't know how far that goes, like what was his intention originally. Um, I do know from the book that the Encyclopedia Galactica is a thing um, because it's read from frequently during that book. And so Mm -hmm. one of their goals seemed to have been to catalog information,
0: but also I haven't read much more, so we'll see. Uh, I suggest we get into the recap.
2: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
1: We're getting geared up for the 6th annual Summer Badass Fest.
3: And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make.
0: All right. Harry's coffin turns into the vault and his body. That's, that's the description of this scene while um, Gail sort of talks over
1: uh, with her monologues about uh, leaps and how going to sleep is a leap of faith. Um, our souls wander when we dream. They'll eventually find their way back before we wake. If we're lucky, I suppose um, leaving the cradle is a leap going into space essentially is a leap all of these, these visions we're seeing as she's talking about the different leaps people make.
2: It's cool. It's a, it's a not, it, it's also serves as a non opener opener, you know, like they've eschewed the title sequence and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. instead they have this kind of like poetic thing and, and Harry's coffin turning into a chrysalis, uh, which was more accurate than I would have thought, like in the first right? five minutes of this episode. Um, and then like, you know, they get this just, There's so much beautiful space porn in this uh, episode. This episode also written and directed by David S. Goyer, like uh, took the helm, took the typewriter, uh, did the you know, he probably say that's, you know, it's it's still a group effort. But uh, he's the guy on the all the title cards this episode. And uh, our man went for broke on the space porn. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. So much beautiful space porn, like the coffin being launched from the deliverance, uh, the rings of uh, Synax. Uh, yeah. The 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 beggar leaving uh, uh terminus later, uh, flying you know doing the flyby past the Invictus like there is just lovely lovely beautiful shots mm-hmm. um and uh, in, in this film so like great eye great eye for for that that spaceborn uh, I I liked it a lot and and this was one of the prime examples of it
1: yeah uh, another thing I thought looked really cool was Harry's body and coffin being disintegrated and turned into the vault uh that's kind of a moment it's it's almost on par with something i would have seen in like 2001 um the the Mm -hmm. just the feeling you get watching that with the music going and just the creation like we had speculated i guess like oh maybe because i pointed out at one point like the vault that they put harry in looks kind of shaped he's kind of shaped like the coffin oh yeah Mm -hmm. um or that, that coffin is shaped like the vault. And so it turns out that that actually did turn into the vault. I thought that was kind of cool. And then I guess there's a physical Harry that can be manifested from that. Because he was not, as best I can
2: tell, a hologram. Well, the kid touched him and he was clear, like, "I." The, the, oh, I they, right. they had the kid... Right, I, that's right. like, a, to me, doubting Thomas putting his fingers in Jesus' yeah. side. Like, no, he's a hologram. Uh, like, yeah, maybe I a sticky hologram, but he's, he's definitely a hologram. Okay. Uh, but I, but I, think, I think you're onto something there. Like, if you have uh, a machine that broke something down by the molecule and turned it into another form and mm-hmm. also stripped the consciousness and stored it in a, in, in a way that can retain sentience, I don't understand why you couldn't reverse that process eventually. Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: um, it's hard. and then say, it's like, harder to build than to destroy, but yes, I would think true. you could do and, it.
2: And the, the vault... Um, you know, Goyer, Goyer was joking about this with Jason Concepcion Conception, uh, last episode of the official podcast. So, like, you know, what is, what's there left in the, the vault? Oh, it's an ice cream parlor. It's this, it's that. But, like, it, I do feel like there's something left in the vault because it, 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 it is doing a hell, whole hell of a lot for just generating you know just manifesting harry's consciousness yeah and then as sure. soon as it was done it like you know enveloped back up and um it's presumably putting out the null field again i thought that was you know there's a lot of answers we got that were yeah. surprisingly satisfying about like why all this is was was happening
1: yeah for sure questions we've been asking for episodes now a hundred percent finally getting yeah. answered all right, um, so Harry steps out, obviously, of the vault, and we kind of pick up where we were last episode. And he tells the Anachrons and the Thespans that the history that made them enemies ages ago is a- actually a lie, and it was, in fact, Cleon II that caused the event, that created that lie, because he saw that the Outer Reach was becoming powerful, and he wanted to disrupt that. Uh, they're skeptical, but they hear him out, and then Harry finds out that Gale never made it to Terminus and is introduced to Salvor, And Harry suggests they use Terminus knowledge to build more ships like Invictus, which shocks everyone because they didn't think they were a revolutionary group. They thought they were just an information uh, preservation group.
2: Harry kind of lied. So that was a lie. (laughs) Um, uh, huh. uh. I think that this the 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 show uh, puts a um, puts a little bit of faith in the audience that uh, because this is a very sudden um, injection of information that I think like this I don't I I don't think this plays out very realistically Um, like you know that like this this hot like in the middle of them about ready to annihilate each other this weird hologram steps out from a guy who like they have kind of antipathy for because he's he's at the center of like. What caused their like the Anacreons at least cataclysm? And he starts to saying like, here's alternative facts. Mm-hmm. You know, you think and you've been thinking this for almost 400 years. The actual, I wish that they that 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 Harry had some kind of chip or something where it's like this is the Handmaid's confession and yeah. here's how you can authenticate it. And I've you know because I'll believe that Harry can do a shit ton of research like he does with the Invictus and stuff like that because he's got funds and he's essentially psychohistory Batman. But like I th- I felt like they needed something beyond the holograms word, especially since the hologram fucks off five minutes later. Yeah. And it's like, you guys got all this. Um, <laughs> and especially no,
1: because I'm, last episode they're talking about, you know, the it's something that Harry points out to them is the victors right to history, right? Like
2: he, that, that's, he that's be a, making, that's a making this great up. line. Yeah. 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 I, I love that line. It's like, you know, history's uh, victors right to history and you guys don't seem to be winning. Yeah. So like I think he de- he definitely had their attention, but I wish there was mm-hmm. just a little bit something more. Though, I- so I don't think that these Anacreons and Thespans are credulous idiots. The, you know, the that there's only something besides the word of Hollow Harry that they that they lean in because yeah. the real politic of this makes a lot of sense.
0: Like uh-huh.
2: it, you know, like there's definitely a theory. There's a motive. There's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Cleon. Like he like, you know, you got this guy who thinks generationally and he sees this powerful thing allying against it and like he can find an easy way to split it up like that all makes sense. I just think that mm-hmm. there needed to be I, I wish there was a little bit of like a hint. Of, and it didn't need it just literally need to be like, if you check this optical wafer, yeah. uh, you you can you can you can see all my my research. Yeah, I, I, I agree it. I think it almost gets there
1: because uh, Rowan I think at this point wants to believe something that can give them a future again, but
2: and, and he's he just they, listening to He'll be a sucker for anybody at this point. Right. Like, yeah. Cause he wants a next step. Like he says, yeah. the, you know,
1: um, and I'm so, glad they had that scene later to kind of retroactively explain why he might have wanted to go along with this. Uh, but yeah, uh, they needed just something a little bit more there.
2: And and I think most, most people that are into this story are like not going to care. They're going to be like, cause yeah, I'm I'm asking for, but like, I do think that there's some people who are <laughs> on the borderline of like, you know, this is just too weird or it's too, or like there might be too many shortcuts. And I think stuff like this is might, you know, like, cause this is a big episode. This is going to be for some people who yeah. are on the fence and kind of waiting to see what's in the vault. This might be a make or break where it's like, are they going to come back for season two or not? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I feel like, if, if if you believe what i've you know like we this is this is unverified information but we i want to see the wafer i want to verify <laughs> yeah i need to see the optical <laughs> wafer on this but we had someone that uh purported to be working for one of the the organizations that monitors this stuff and then said that like there is a surprising number of people you know on the order of millions of people in fact uh i i listened to that uh uh sean carroll podcast and and uh uh, Goyer intimated that there's millions of people watching this weekly so this has found an audience and I think that nice. like for the majority of those people especially when you're talking about people who are not diehard Asimov fans who have like a massive axe to grind about any little change mm-hmm. like there's that this is this brought the bacon home uh, this brought the goods home whatever yeah Uh, but I do think there is that other audience of, of maybe not diehard Asimov people but like you know if you want to maybe i i was kind of like i'm not sure if this is that stuff like that might have them go ah, but i don't know
1: maybe i don't i don't know how you can go ah after after the empire scenes in this because they're so freaking good like i this is the stuff i loved about game of thrones for instance um and some stuff about like uh, breaking bad too right using using what we know about characters in interesting ways um that cause problems for other characters <laughs> or dilemmas for other characters. I love right. that stuff, and we get a lot of it here. Um, I, I I was also noticing in this scene, Salvor noticing Harry and his di- diplomatic skills. And when we got to the part where she's talking about, "Oh, you're going to become mayor of Terminus," I'm like, "Okay, this makes sense." Like in the book, she is this very so, or he is this very contemplative character. Um, who's very good at diplomacy and this must be where he, he or in the show's case she picked that up and then they just flip that on its head because I I don't know what she's not mayor she's not mayor of anything If she's mayor of Watertown as best I can tell yeah, yeah. she popsicle herself and went to Watertown <laughs> yeah so I don't know but she was definitely like looking at Harry kind of observing how he was interacting with the Anacrons and the Thespans
2: uh, let me ask you a question because I was curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were a lot more Invictus skeptic than I was. Like you were like the idea that Harry had, had tracked the Invictus and all that stuff. You were like, ah, oh, this I don't know, I don't know. And I'm like, eh. What? What? What did you? Were you satisfied with Harry's explanation?
1: And the explanation being what that he punched in the probability of some uh, of the Invictus. He knew that the Invictus was out there somewhere. And that he could say, if it were to appear to the Anacreons, this is how things would go. And
2: so he's calling audibles as he goes. Is that is that sort no, of the I explanation? Think he said that, like, so so obviously Psychohistory is his magnum opus, but he didn't start off like as an 18 year old, you know, uh, freshman at uh, Galactic U, like fucking psychohistory. He was working on many mm-hmm. predictive models and he said that's what i've built my life's work on finding patterns in what is apparent chaos. So he's saying that what the Anachron's were saying about the ship that it's just randomly jumping, it's kind of like, you know, like uh, there's the theory of like if you pr- like pi apparently doesn't seem to repeat, mm-hmm. you know, 3.14 fl- but like it might if you keep on calculating so right. like the idea that like if sufficiently powerful calculations and predictive that you could pinpoint and that this is something that he could. I I I've so I actually yes. thought it was oh, a little bit stronger. The fact that like he's just saying they're explicitly saying it's not chaos and only mm-hmm. me with my advanced predictive. It's not psycho history. Yeah, yeah, it's just his advanced predictive methods that he later applied to psycho history. were able to find an actual pattern to these jumps rather than than what it appeared to be random chaos. So if if he I were, was able to predict its next few jumps and know when the ends with discovery. Yeah,
1: uh, if I were playing Magic the Gathering right now, I would say I'll allow it uh i'm still sort of like
2: side eyeing that concept but okay sure yeah i'm i'm fine i'm officially fine (laughs) with it i'm i'm the dci i'm judge i'm coming over here and be like it's it's
1: fine it's legal it's a legal play yeah all right to each their own uh let's move on to the next scene dusk and day briefly talk about the trouble with dawn and it's obvious to dusk that they have to kill dawn and replace him with his clone
2: and I just, you know, I I don't know how much to say here, but like, I love yeah. the fact that they introduced the clone tanks and all that kind of stuff. And like, cause it's so fucking menacing that they're debating mm-hmm. about what to do in front of like the hot swap spare, hot swappable spare. Yeah. That's it's a great like when My, my two terabyte drive goes out and starts blinking red in my NAS and I'm sitting here like, Oh, I wonder if I should replace, I should break the mirror and replace the set like. And mm-hmm. it's only human beings. Uh, I thought that was, and they don't, you know, like since they've established all this, all that weight comes into these scenes for free. And I think that's a mark yeah. of good entertainment when everything, all the layers are appreciated as they are laid down, but then they overlap and reinforce mm-hmm. in really great ways. And this scene is, is one of the, yeah. you know, like, again, they get all this for free. They get all this like drama and tension just because of the concepts they've established.
1: I feel like this whole episode is a masterclass in that it's, it's using what has come before in, in layered ways that make the next scene even more interesting. And we'll talk about it when we get there. Cause there are two scenes with empire that I'm itching to uh, fucking yep. talk about.
2: And, and, and also I, I loved how um, you, cause like we were talking about like, Oh, maybe Dawn, maybe day will rebel against dusk and want to keep day uh-huh. Dawn. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, that prediction's looking really good until it didn't. Because, <laughs> like, they had set up enough animosity and amnesty and, like, uh-huh. fuck you, old man. You got us into this position. Uh, yeah, I, you were right. Uh, and you were uh, you were absolutely right. I mean, it's only by the by Demerzel's
1: decision here that that doesn't come true right like day was ready the to empress it. Uh-huh. the
2: true we are living we Dude. all along we've lived in a <laughs> matriarchal society they've been the empire this empire They've is the empress empress Demerzel, yeah. first of her kind the true Probably power last of her kind.
1: has stepped out from behind the curtain yeah
2: <laughs> fuck yeah Dude. i mean it's open and shut and and none uh-huh. of those boys did a damn thing against it Because they can't. What are they going to do? They can't.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it.
2: Uh, Let's first talk about the
1: scene where Day talks to Don in private. And Don says he's known for a long time that he wasn't like Day. But he wanted to be and he was studying him. He was studying hollows of him. You know, how he picks up his forks and drinks his wine, all that. Uh, And then Don delivers this impassioned plea, I guess, to the part of Day that craves individuality. That he thinks exists within Day. and. It doesn't really seem to work in
2: this scene. You know, they plays it off, but 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 they put the there's a couple things they do here because we've we they, mm-hmm. they've all been brother, 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 brother. But I think we've said in several uh, podcasts, like there is twinges of father, son, there yeah. is twinges of grandfather, father. There has to be right there just has to be, you know, and I felt like they kept on. You know, this wasn't so much a little brother pleading with his big brother to cover me in front of mom and dad. It's more of like a son being like, Why how, why are you disappointed in me? Because all I've ever wanted to be is you. And yeah, I've fallen short, but like, haven't you, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like, yeah, I'm an aberrant clone, but you've had the feel. You're, and, and, you're and, and more this like is, me again, than you admit. Yeah yeah, and like this whole like, haven't you ever felt stifled? Haven't you wanted to be more than just an installment, like an individuality? Mm-hmm. I thought that stuff, like like, I am maybe the thing you want to be, a break right. out of the mold. and that th- yeah. that stuff, I think, all work because they've been building these themes carefully for several episodes,
1: absolutely. And the other thing they do here is they use language very carefully. When Don is making his plea today, he says we're just echoes of this old of Cleon the first which echoes back to Halima telling him you're just an echo of some man's ego. Right. So
0: they're layering
1: in. Right. And that hits him. It does. You can see it on his face and
2: yeah, that stuff is really good. And like, yeah, like a, a perfect copy of an echo or corrupted echo, their destiny is to fade out over time. Right. Uh, which is what, how, what, how Dawn thinks about it. And you can, cause like, you know, um, It was a little bit sharp of a curve to go from because I was really looking forward to fucking damnation and hell day coming down and just like tearing strips at his boy, you know, essentially (laughs) giving him the uh, Azura treatment. Right. Or the mathematician. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of fucked up thing will Empire do with all of his thoughts bent to like torturing somebody. Right. And we got the answer to that. Not not, not to the target I thought we'd get, but we got the answer to that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about like. Da- like I, I advocated for, it, but I don't know about day. Just like, yeah, this is cool. I love you, son. It's okay. Um, but they had done a, just enough where it's like that experience he had on that experience he had on the the maiden wasn't all bullshit. No, the 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 ultimate thing he did was bullshit. Mm-hmm. But like, he did have an experience of being a common man and finding commonality with another pilgrim and kind of like marveling at the heroicism at this man's faith or like the totality of it, the, 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 how uh, explicit it was. Yeah. And that stuff all kind of went into the, the, the gumbo of this this episode and, and, and made everything a lot more flavorful. I thought.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, All right, let's move on to Harry
1: continuing to explain the true purpose of all of his machinations is not to preserve knowledge, but rather to gather together the people required to create a new society. Everyone's worried about the wrath of the Empire. So Harry tells them we're going to create a mega flare with the Invictus, which will trick the Empire into thinking everyone on Termas is, is dead. And the kids ask him if he's a ghost. He explains you know, how the coffin broke him down and turned him into the vault. And then he warns them war with the Empire is inevitable, but they have time to prepare for it. Um, and then he's as he's walking away. Salvor wants information about her visions, and she goes up and asks him about it. And he's
0: like, "Never heard of it. Never heard of you. I I don't know about these visions." And then just walks back into the vault. As far as uh, the like internal like
2: structures rhyming, like you said, the echo versus echo. Like this is the scene back to back scenes talking about stifling, and I I like hmm. how. You know, a lot of times when we talk about fucked up systems, like, you know, when we're talking about um, the patriarchy that we live in. Right. You know, like uh, it's all this and that about the patriarchy. And it's usually about the damage it does to women. Right. Mm -hmm. But like the reality is the patriarchy does a lot of damage to the men, too. Like we're emotionally stunted. uh, We don't live full, expressive, creative lives. uh, We don't have nearly the intense like, you know, you know, bonds between our fellow men that we had just, you know, a few hundred years ago. Right. It cuts hmm. it. The, the The damage cuts both ways, and I thought that this was interesting. That like Harry's talking from a the whole galaxy's being stifled, right? Like he had this whole chorus of voices, and it's stifled in favor of one. But we just saw in the previous scene that like this isn't a system that works for imp for for Cle- the Cleon clones either. Yeah, because they're not. This is not this. This is no one. This is they've they've invented a a fucked up dictatorship that no one has a say. Yeah, you know, it's just a self-proposed, and I, I like that where it's a critique of the system, not just from the outside, but also internally. That like it, this is this is going to fail not just because of efforts from without, but from within. It's it's also rotten and corrupt, um, yeah. or been corrupted, and not just. I don't think from like oh rebels went and fucked with your DNA. Mm-hmm. It's just. Kind of it almost feels in retrospect amazing. It lasted for 14 generations or I just got to get, you know, continue to last, I guess. Almost seems like a bad idea for the jump. Yeah. What do you think of this mega flare deal? I I feel like I understand it, but like they Mm. they really lightly touched on it. And I think some fans might be confused about what the hell they're suggesting here.
1: I think the idea is they're going to use the jump drive um, on the Invictus to make it appear as if the star has gone supernova or whatever. They they call it a mega flare, you know, just sends out enough radiation to kill everything in the system, I guess. And so the yeah, Empire I, will I, think everyone there is dead. We are not going to bother.
2: Yeah. Like, uh, you know, when you on Earth, we have these things called coronal mass ejections where mm-hmm. like every once in a while, the sun just throws a piece of itself off and. If Earth is lined up there just right, it uh, you know, could fry all of our communication systems, it could do a lot a lot of bad shit. Um But suppose I suppose if the magnetosphere was weak enough or the sun was strong enough that like something like that could sterilize a planet. And I think that's what they're saying, that like the Invictus jump drive firing up behind the sun is going to look like the sun is and so the now I don't know, knowing the empire. Like, I would love to see Harry's probability ratings on this. Of yeah, like brother 50 Yeah, brother Dust showing up just to gloat. Like, oh, I want to mm-hmm. see the husk of terminus. That fucker. He's the. <laughs> he's. It's all done. Like, they're just like. Ah, I don't know yeah. what the probabilities of that are, but apparently he's pretty confident that the empire is just going to. Ha. They got there's no way they could have a jump drive. And the only thing this could be is a coronal or, you know, mega flare. So they're just dead
0: and we don't got the time to fucking go out there and, and check it out. Yeah. Okay. I'm willing to give it to all him. right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, So here's what I think is maybe
1: the second, but perhaps the best scene in the episode. I don't know. So day goes to see Azura is being held captive he invites her on a walk in the garden, and he explains to her the, the burden of of uh, how does he express it? The burden of not being allowed to carry a burden is kind right. of how he expresses it, um, or not being able to prevent individual suffering in favor of you know greater prosperity. Uh, and he tells her that his hope for his legacy is to be the same as every other Cleon, and that Don will be the same, and that she has robbed him of that legacy by tainting Brother Don. So in return, he has traced her lineage back to her great-great-grandparents and taken all of those people, everyone who ever descended from them, 712 in total, as well as her present and former friends, her lovers, her teachers, her coworkers, even in the palace, their parents and siblings, 839 of them in total. And when he gives the signal, they'll all be executed. And he gives that signal right there in front of her. Uh, and then he has her put into total isolation, where she will be kept alive to live out her days without any sensory input. This is about as fucked up of a punishment as I can imagine.
0: Yeah,
2: I can. When I was younger, I read uh, a Tom Clancy book, "Cardinal in the Kremlin," and he postulated this Soviet-style uh, technique of uh, interrogating people, where they would essentially put them in a sensory deprivation tank. It's warmed mm-hmm. up to your body temperature. Put a, you know, like a feed you oxygen and food through an intravenous tube and then put you in this suspension, kind of like to wear uh, and put you in like a some kind of stiff rubber suit where you couldn't like move your, but it didn't feel like you were being restrained. And like no one lasted more than eight hours before they would do or say anything to get out of that. Uh, yeah. I don't even know what a person would look like after like she, Azura looks like she's fairly young. I don't know what it looks like to spend like 70 years in this kind of isolation, like to be yeah. kind of Metallica's one. Uh-huh. Um also with the last to have a, just to go into that with this massive crushing defeat that you thought you were on the, the cusp of a, a, a beginning of a victory and it just all turns to ash in
0: and, this then, is and then you got, melt, you got you got
1: everyone, everyone you've ever known, killed everyone, like everyone yeah, you've ever known. Like, and and it, mostly everyone who's ever known them. It's yeah, yeah that, this that's, is
2: this is this is what the, the Warhammer fans coined the word grimdark for. It's yeah. like so it's 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 a it's a type of horror that you we couldn't even do today. Like uh, and the thing is, is, you know, the empire's not lying. Like if, you know, some some guy went to this in 21st century and like if the president of the United States had said he's got this and he's got like, you know, 1600 Navy SEALs with sniper rifle, you'd be like, fuck you, whatever. Right. Maybe, you know, you maybe got my immediate family, but we have no doubt the empire has the ability and the power to make this happen. Mm -hmm. And when he turns those fingers around, which I just noticed for this is like he's he's literally inverting his blessing. You know, when he uh, you know, like, like when he, yeah, that's, that's his yeah. sign for like the, this, the, the anacreans and the Thespans, like it's like the, you know, yeah. respect and enjoy the peace, but fuck, you know, like
1: it's, <laughs> no, that's it's great.
2: A- I didn't get that layer,
1: but it, it, there are so many layers in this scene because like what he's doing, <sighs> the isolation that he's imposing on her for the next X amount of years is exactly what Harry Selden was talking about, driving a mind mad. Earlier in the episode, right? He said, "Of course, I can't be alive. I can't be sentient in this vault. That's insane, dude. Yeah, you yeah. know, stronger men than I have tried it, and and they've been reduced to mumbling uh, whatever. So, yeah, I think like that layering is so good. And in this scene, I want to talk about it in a pair with the scene where Dimarzel makes the choice of empire over any individual Cleon, because they're so closely intertwined this scene where he's telling um, where he, where he's telling Azura about like his legacy um, and how like she's taken that from him and, and telling her about like, I have to think of the bigger picture, right? I don't have the luxury of being burdened by the suffering of individuals then plays immediately into that other scene because Demerzel is taking that action. And causing him the individual suffering for the greater good right. of the empire. It's
2: just such a perfect combination of scenes. And we talk about like, you know, Goyer um, setting up some of these shots like maybe maybe you could say it's a little bacon gauntlet-y, yeah, a little ham fisted. But I really like the pitcher plant, the spider web. The fact that Azura yeah. like is walking into you don't know what it is because it's her garden. Yeah. It's where she probably feels very comfortable, and very safe. But she mm-hmm. is walking into a trap that there is no escape from. Yeah. Like she's like a fly that steps on those slippery petals in the pitcher plant. She's fucked. Um, I love like uh, so, some some of the way this thing is shot. Like it was shot like a mix of like intimate, like very tight shots of Azura's face and 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 uh, Day's face, but also at removes that kind of made you feel. Um uh like like the I, I think it's intended to kind of symbolize symbolize uh days of detachment from the misery and suffering that he's inflicting. Mm-hmm. And then like uh the final shot, like the 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 drone shot of the garden, and yeah. I that's a couple things struck me. Number one, it looks shockingly like the logo for this podcast. Okay. Uh it does. <laughs> n- number two, the tran- trantor is always called the Eye of the Emperor, right? Mm. Uh the Eye of the Empire. And like what it there, there's like a line in the Bible about what a fear inspiring thing it is to fall into the hands of the living God. Because it's like, yeah, you, you know, if you're Christian, that's um, that may be comforting. But on the other hand, like this is this is a vast, powerful thing and it's focused. It's all of its attention on you, maybe for salvation, maybe for damnation. Yeah. But here, the eye of the empire is focused on one single person to their utter destruction as an individual and I think, and it's like, it also like felt like the center of the spider web, uh, like all that stuff just came together on a visual level. Mm-hmm. And I found it very, very satisfying. The last feedback episode, we were talking about the concept of, uh, you know, what would it look like if we, you know, they set up the idea of like multiple jumps causing progressive damage. And like, if there are ever going to be a character that has gone through multiple jumps and like what they would look like. Mm hmm. I'm really I wonder, like, if there's going to be a scene 30 years into the future from this scene where Empire is like, you know, maybe their palace is being breached and they rescue Azura. What is a what is a person look like? What a great what a great villain. Right. Like, that's like the that's like the Joker. You yeah. know, like as someone that's been like, like they're and, and maybe they're not conventionally crazy, but they are whatever they are is not fully human. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that's such a great concept. I feel like that there's they got to explore it because yeah. I want to see warped in human Azura.
1: Yeah, I um, want to just see her cut holes into that isolation mask and that be like her new supervillain costume. <laughs>
0: It's like
2: Bane. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's like, like a like wearing a luchador mask or something. Right. Sure. Yeah. Like uh like the unshrouded, or, or like in, in
1: Game of Thrones. <laughs> who was Who was that weird Dorn, Dornish uh dude with with like the faceted golden mask? I, I can't remember the name of it, but yeah. Yeah, that that would be great. Um okay, let me set up this second scene real quick. We're gonna jump ahead a little bit, but it, it's all worth it. Um so Dimersel escorts, Dawn to the the throne room i don't know the where he's going to face face off with the other cleons uh she claims she doesn't hate him on the way there and then when he gets there dusk declares his contempt for dawn day talks about the journey that he's been on and says that a dynasty cannot that cannot bend will inevitably break and then he decides they must they must bend a little bit here and so he says uh dawn dawn can live Dusk loses his shit and just begins shouting, begins pushing and shoving and slapping a day. And dawn runs over to Dimmerzelle for protection. And while these boys are fighting in the yard, dawn makes the executive decision to snap his neck. She she makes the call here. This is this is amazing. Like the balance of power. You always felt like it was in Day's hands, right? He's the middle seat. He's the one who gets to actually make the calls for 30 years or whatever until he ages out. No, we see, in fact, the true power is actually not on the throne. It's with Dimmerzel because I don't think either of these guys can take her. She's a robot. He, I don't care how ripped and cut and
2: stacked you are. Lee Pace is not going to be able to take her out. Uh it would also be extremely interesting to see like if they ordered their Imperial Stormtroopers to assault her, what would happen? Um Because like, the thing yeah. is like no one was in that room. Like they it was just it's right. just Demerzel and the three of them. So like I wonder what if they would like art ordered guards to come in to restrain her or something, what would have happened. Because the thing is, is like I I that that scene where Cleon the First is talking to dimmerzel. And says, you know, like I'm loyal. To, she says, I'm loyal to Empire. And Cleon the First says, but will Empire be loyal to you? Mm-hmm. It seems like seems like Demer-Zell supremacy is woven very deep in the fabric of this genetic dynasty. To the extent that, like, so. I would love to see what would happen. You know, we saw like the Shadow Master wasn't having Don boss him around. Like, nah, buddy, it's time. It's we're all we all serve. Yeah, you're Empire, but we all serve. Like mm-hmm. I, I think there might be like some kind of execute order sixty six shit that's like plugged into all like, you know, like Maybe? they're physically incapable of
0: I think like, at the like, very how, least how, how systems
2: programs happened in those last few months of Cleon's
1: life, you know? Yeah, we don't really know. Um, I would say at the very least, I think Demerzel could justify fighting back to preserve her life because what happens if she's gone? What happens with the clones, right? This I, the Empire is this. the clones, is the dynasty. If she's not there it's to preserve about- it. What happens to it?
2: It's all about the conflict between the first and second and third and zeroth laws. And, like, man, yeah. the people that thought that, like, they're not playing with this stuff. <laughs> I, this is the zeroth where, law in action. Well, not only that, but, like, I think by the end of this episode, Demerzel breaks all of the, well, except for the zeroth law, perhaps, but she breaks right. every single one of the laws. She. Uh, harms, you know, she she disobeys an order from a human. Mm-hmm. Uh, she kills a human and allows a, a human to come to harm by direct inaction, and harms herself. Yeah, pulls her face skin off. Yeah, pulls her face right. <laughs> but this is a, if you don't see that this isn't a robot that's fully in psychosis over the m- multiple overlapping and conflicting overrides. Of everything I don't know what yeah. the fuck to, to tell you, and it's it's fascinating and it's very Asmovian. I yeah. think. No, I agree.
1: Um the the other thing about this scene I mean I I love the power shift here um and and it has to be terrifying to the Cleons I think because of how that power just shifted on them but also Don telling Azura that he has to think about the bigger picture uh comes back into play here right because like I said they are that's exactly what Demizel does in this moment she looks she steps back looks at the bigger picture and causes him Great suffering in the process. It's, it, I don't know.
2: It's it's really just like a poetic twist here, and it's such a great scene to watch because you're like you know because Don like Don flees to Demerzel and he like buries his face in her chest. Is like don't let them kill me though, and she's like hush child, I'm not gonna. And you're thinking like she might mama bear the whole thing and like, but instead she's like, well I won't let them kill you. I'll do it. And like the yeah. fact, and also one of the things that Dust said I thought was fascinating. He goes to Day and he's like, I'd rather decant one of you <laughs> uh-huh. than like, I, does Dusk like, does Dusk have ultimate authority over who is the Cleon and who is not? Because like, it'd also be interesting to see if Dimmerzell did a decision that neither of them supported because mm-hmm. Dusk clearly wanted this to happen and was in yeah. full support and Day felt like the one down. But like, if both Dawn and Day or Dusk and Day or Dawn and Day or Dawn and Dusk were united against Dimmerzell again, like, I wonder what would happen then. Maybe with the thing that, like, that that that's the, what tipped it into the balance or actuators or her, her logical things is the fact that, like, she did have the support of one of the Empire, mm-hmm. but maybe it's just, yeah. again, great. Like, I got something new out of every single time I watched it and, like, more facets and more facets.
1: Yeah. There's one other cute little thing they do here. Dave's talking about, you know, an Empire that doesn't bend, is is destined to break. Maybe we need to bend a little here. And Demerzel guarantees that the Empire doesn't bend with a break of this kid's mm. neck
2: I, I kind of mm-hmm. like that detail <laughs> yeah and uh, you know there's also a lot of callbacks like uh De- da- Dawn kind of hesitates before going into the chamber of judgment and Demerzel with the iron bar poof, yep. right there at the small of his back like, like Brother may- Darkness may- shuffling the him the second off. time I watched that it started to imply that like she knew what was going to happen the second it happened yeah she was either going to make it happen or day was going to do it Day yeah. was going to do the right the quote unquote right thing mm-hmm. um and I I that that's I think any debate about what about whether you know darkness could be like you know at the last minute like ah fuck this like mm-hmm. nah it's done like the Demerzel is the that's the bar going down <laughs> over your lap on yeah. the roller coaster and you're going where you're going down that hill man <laughs>
0: yeah uh, they're not stopping it
2: yeah yeah for sure Okay, let's jump back to uh, 138 years ago in the outer drift.
1: What? No, 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 no. No. We have to. We skipped a bunch of. (laughs) uh, I was I was I was
2: introducing the character of time into our podcast. Gotcha. (laughs)
1: We're not ready for them yet. Uh, Mari is annoyed that Harry lied to them. Salvor is doubly annoyed because she thought she was special and now she has no idea where her visions are coming from. Her mom tells her that she is special and that they just, she
2: just has to make her own plan now, which and
1: should be liberating,
2: gotta, I would think. And the thing that you got to keep in mind is whatever reaction the Terminus folk are having to this and their ambivalence and whatnot, and the fact that they're like feeling they're used. You have to remember that this is all an effect that Harry both anticipates and is curating himself. Yeah. Like this isn't like, oh shit, it's gonna fly off the rails because you know Harry lied to these people, and he didn't for- i I think you gotta trust that like this is all part of the plan, as crazy as it seems mm-hmm. uh that like this this kind of level of alienation and and feeling like they they wasted the lie or what like that this is something that he wanted to do, and also it's it's a rug pull that happens in in the books like this uh the the galactic encyclopedia being a bit of a misdirection is, is a plot line right from the books. And I thought it was uh, executed very well, but it also like, man, that's, but I can't keep reminding myself of how next level Harry is because like, you know, when we get to the end of this episode, like if he's intended all of this stuff and influenced all this stuff and, and this is the way it's going to go, like, oh man, that, that is, that's a crazy thought for me.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about that some more. I like that it opens up all of this. Yeah, and I like that it opens up possibilities. Um, it, it frees them from the burden of having to think what would Harry Seldon do in a way right now? Their only task is to build a society that they want to see themselves in. You know, it, it's not necessarily we have to anticipate what Harry was thinking at all times. And how would he react no. The Lewis is gone from this equation now?
2: exactly and i like and that it's time to come up with her own plan which was still the plan that harry had oh yeah it'll be
1: a plan that harry imagines <laughs> but and it'll, then be, their, Taylor's, it'll but, be there
2: it's, it'll, yeah it'll be their idea and they'll organically uh execute it but it's it's yeah. still the the selden plan yeah yeah but but maybe without like what would harry do in mind
1: i like that all right rowan is planting an anacreon tree near ferris body and he tells Salvor that she was right about the future of Anacreon, and then gives her
0: Farrah's bow, and asks her to help him water the tree, I think both metaphorically and physically. Yeah, this is a, like, I, this is, um, this is a scene that's good because
2: it explains why man, it's almost like you couldn't do it because, like, they'd have to solve their own crisis, right? Uh, But it's almost like, you almost feel like uh I wish Salver had been the one that broker peace and that this scene preceded Harry coming and basically saying now that you because uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like because this feels natural. This feels like uh this this feels like an arc that this guy was on and maybe Harry goosed him along a little bit, but uh mm-hmm. I, I I I like it. Um they did I don't I don't know if this is a typo or I missed something, but like he mentioned this bow was offered to the Empire over a century ago in peace. I don't think that timeline tracks. No, I thought we were like, like the current five. day was a little boy when the but like you know a uh, a generation ago maybe. But I yeah. thought he said century and mm. uh, or or maybe the other thing is like I I I meant to I earmarked it but I I, I didn't have time to go back. I wanted to go back and and watch that second episode was it the first episode second episode where they're talking about the bow because it might have yeah. been like a previous gift to a previous emperor. Could have been. And they were like doing this as kind of like a store. So like there, there might be a way to square that circle, but I, I, that was one kind of like question mark I had. Uh, like where, where did this, uh, where did this timeline come from?
1: Yeah. Um, and then the tree grows as does terminus. It's it, the timing is a little weird here. I, I don't know how fast this tree grows, but all of this seems to happen in the span of maybe a couple of years. If that, and this tree grows huge. I, I think it's more of a metaphor. I think this is, you know, yeah, the watering the, of the tree is, is them planting a future for themselves. Yeah.
2: But, this but is they a represent co-o- this it is a cooperation montage. Yeah, I yeah. think I heard 18 months is how long it would take to get the Invictus repaired and and, and okay. ready to operate. Um, that sounds and obviously right. they yeah. also Polly like, mm-hmm. he, Still a kid. he, you know, if, <laughs> yeah, if it his five years later, he would be a different looking kid. So right. we, we right. know it's not that long. Uh yeah, so everybody teams up to build a bunch of stuff.
1: Hugo is the captain of the Invictus now. They generated the Mega Flare. Hugo returns from space with Polly. Um seems like they can jump anywhere they wanna they want to go now with the Invictus. Mm-hmm. And Salvor and Hugo's uh you, you, Hugo use his time on Terminus to get busy again in their sex shack. It's what they do.
2: You to align the telescope. Yeah. Right? Do they, they just have a line, sex baby.
1: shack out in the middle of nowhere?
2: i think that's i think that's salvers that she lives apart sex from everyone oh yeah. okay <laughs> well i mean it's her it's her salver shack but yes it's primarily used sure. for sex <laughs> doubles as a love shack uh salver sees a vision of gail no, no, no word on the the status of its tin roof and whether it's rusted or not oh
1: that, should i understand that
2: it's a love shack reference
1: oh yeah i know the title not 52s baby uh Salvador sees a vision of Gale and wanders off to the vault. This this is all very reminiscent of the early stuff with her and Hugo, right? Uh, yeah, the first time we meet the them, range. they they he comes back, she bangs him, and then they she has a dream and she runs off and sees the kid in the <laughs> he,
2: ship. He knocks a vision loose out <laughs> of
0: her. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so yeah, he she chases she finds a young Gale uh running toward the vault, and then that Gale dives into the dirt. And Salvar approaches the vault and wonders who gave her these visions.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is this is Luke Skywalker on Tatooine. Like this is like another one of these great space uh, porn shots. It's like extended, you know, of her on the ridge, reaching up to the vault, and the vault's huge and glowing, and uh, it it's uh, it it gives you that sense of awe and wonder that you want from a mm-hmm. big science fiction uh, uh, epic, you know i got a different sense of wonder. My
1: wonder was more focused on who is going to volunteer to navigate the Invictus. Cause they make it clear that these are like burnout and fade away kind of things. Right. Um, yeah, <laughs> you,
2: uh. they, this ship burns you out in a matter of months and you just die. I'm gonna guess that they retrofit um because you have a jump drive engineer. Well, I guess he's dead. But presumably you had other jump drive engineers, like that they could retrofit a modern navigation package that doesn't require but they don't have spacers. They don't. They don't knock themselves out
1: and do the jump and
2: then Yeah, I guess but you need a navigator. But you need a navigator. Well, that's the grimdark, man. Like uh (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't I mean, know navigators like are like rounds of ammunition man you load a yeah. clip in there and fire forget like they, they're just smoking out their eye sockets and like get another navigator <laughs> I don't know like if you had, a, you had a whole bunch of anacrogons way ready to jump into the heart of a uh, of a planet so maybe True. a bunch of them sign up I don't know but yeah it's a, that'd be yeah. a good
0: question for Goyer like how how they navigate this thing uh-huh um that's that's probably the only question I had here and then, and
1: then Salvor goes to her mother's house and they talk about her father for a bit which was nice because we didn't really get an opportunity to do that earlier. And Salvor asks who the girl from the water planet is. Her mother tells her that woman is in fact your mother. Your real, your bio mother. Um, Salvor says she has to leave right now to go find Gale. And Mar- Mari gives her the prime radiant to take back to Gale. And she goes to her ship in the middle of the night trying to leave without saying goodbye to Hugo. He finds her Dick though. Dick move. Yep. Dick moves, Alvar. And they say a tearful goodbye before she boards her ship and leaves.
0: Yeah. This this um, is all, this is the R plus S no, the G plus S equals R
1: coming together. Yep. Equal, equals Everybody the other S? I
2: don't fucking know. The, there's Everybody initials. With your- no more Galian heretics, no more uh hardened hardened her- heretics. You got to you got to bow down unless you have some kind of crazy ass theory about how this <sighs> could be wrong. Uh, yeah, this is this is confirmation. Yeah, we have an um, eyewitness, it, right?
1: Her yeah. her adoptive mother says, "Yeah, this yeah. is where you came from." I
2: thought there's plenty of evidence, you know. But then again, I was convinced mm-hmm. about Jon Snow's parentage around season three. Uh, there was, but, but I continued to get alternate theories right up until,
1: <laughs> yeah, they reveal it. you
2: know, main character like right up until like it was, it was revealed. So like, yeah, you know, uh, they, they only strung us along for one, one season. And I felt like mm-hmm. it was a, it was a light string. Like, you know, uh-huh. the show was, was, was given away the shop, uh, as far as this theory goes. Um, Again, this one, the beautiful spaceborne of the beggar leaving Terminus flying by the, the, the Invictus, like all that stuff was the leap, as they say, great,
1: the leap. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, that struck me during the scene that Southward is not going to be the mayor. They talk about her potentially becoming the mayor, like the book, but nope. Oh, nope, so she's close! Gone. So
2: close to getting parity there. So close to like seeing like I'm like I could instantly see season two, right? And then like like uh, Brother Dusk throwing his palette against the six lizard mural. Everything the sands <laughs> just shifted and it's uh-huh. like fucking blurry. I can't. I have no idea what's going to happen now. Yeah, uh, I like Hugo.
1: He really traded up in his ships, right? He went from the beggar to oh.
2: Invictus. Yeah. Yeah. Even the name. You uh, know, you, you yeah. park you park invict- you park the beggar and you come out with Invictus. <laughs> like, yeah, hell yeah. Right. Hell yeah. Um the other thing I like about this, or, or I thought
1: was interesting, is that they've got Harry, like the as close to a physical manifestation of Harry as you can get in terms of the vault, right? Outside the city. And yet and they have the opportunity to sort of reconfigure the city. They show it happening. And yet they still build it around the the statue of Harry. You're not you're not gonna take your city and start building it around the around Harry himself in the vault?
2: Well, I they might it think it's dangerous. Like, it seemed I, like, yeah. Uh I thought they were implying with the tree that that was gonna be the new town center because like stuff started spiraling out from that. I don't um, see it. And the people that were saying, like, you know, oh, this terminus is a dusty frontier town. Not anymore, it's gonna be a bustling spaceport, it's gonna be building yeah. These Invictuses, uh, which I don't know how that happens either. I guess they have all I guess it's all there. Like they introduced the mines. You got the Mm -hmm. technical know-how. You got the manpower. You got the mineral resources, the outer reach. Like, I I guess it's just one of those things where it's like, man, how does a place like Terminus bulk up to be able to build an Invictus like that? But space magic.
1: (laughs) Sure. Are they trying to say that Harry is the tree around which this this community is growing? Because if I recall, he, th- th- they when they show the tree growing from from above, that might mm-hmm. be the location where Harry's statue is. I, I don't think so. Really like remember.
3: they showed
2: they they established where they're making that that thing, and it's like it looked like a, a like a not used part of town. You know, there was like nothing around it. Farrah's body was on the pier. Oh the, no, the... yeah, I, I'm talking about not a, a literal, but a figurative.
1: Like they're clearly doing some metaphorical uh liberty stuff with the tree and in the speed it's growing at i thought maybe mm-hmm. also the placement of the tree was something yeah, they maybe. were riffing on could be maybe not um all right dusk ruins the the raptor portion of the mural I don't, know, I don't know if he ruins the whole mural or not how far do you think that spreads
2: uh probably the whole raptor part or is it he's going to have to okay. repaint it. and he's he's going to anyway because like what are you going to do like caught but that's the thing is like I uh, fuck it let's just move on to the next scene because like
1: it's like I'm just going to step all over it okay day gently places Don's body into the disintegration chamber and disposes of it and as he mourns the shadow master informs him that the rebels plans are more extensive than they first believed apparently Cleon the first DNA has been altered assuring that future clones will no longer be pure copies and even day himself is likely adulterated or no he is he they checked his DNA right he is adulterated well and dusk uh, is being examined for
2: aberrations there is wiggle room he said probably yes but like okay was that so was that probably just because the shadow master is afraid to tell like it, it seems likely oh, that makes a maybe. lot of sense um, and then the
1: very end of that scene is day smashing cleon the first uh preservation container
2: so I would normally say that Dusk would probably nuke this painting and do something like to celebrate the new dawn, you know, like it never happened. Right. Uh-huh. But Demerzel's actions to the contrary. There's nothing they can do to stop this. It doesn't feel like unless no. unless Dusk is pure and they can get a good sample off that. And this is just a cliffhanger. Uh-huh. Uh, it feels like the genetic dynasty is already over and the only question is you know, the, the, the interest of the concept of the Galactic Council, which I don't think they'd talked about before. Um, mm-hmm. So like there is another body that is represent sounds like it's a representative of all the planets with light, you know, that like maybe can hold the Emperor accountable to some to some extent or to some that like yeah. that, that there's a fear there that if they show weakness that they'll be snapped up and I I'm just shocked that the, you know, we're already drifting away from the genetic dynasty at the end of season one. And I wonder yeah. if, like, it was, was Goyer, is Goyer like a Harry Seldon? And he's just like, ah, I might have lied about that. Mm-hmm. Because, like, here's, if there's ever a showrunner that could just, like, b- tell bald faced lies to to their, their audience and, like, get away with it, it's Goyer. Because he's just, he's <laughs> just doing a the Harry Seldon plan. Yeah. 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 He, you know, he needs us. Uh, he, he, we, we thought we were doing the one thing and secretly we we're doing the other. It's, it's not hand, that you can't tell broad. a lie to your audience.
1: It's how you tell the lie to your audience. And I think, yeah, so and far, the, the lies have been better. Well be told. better.
2: <laughs> also, the yeah. truth better be better than the bullshit because you for can sure. also get yourself in trouble with that. You know, if you tell your kid, hey, we're going to Disney World, and it turns out you're just going to McDonald's. The dentist. Yeah. You know, or the the dentist. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a dirty trick. We, we like to call that. So I for sure. I don't know. Um, I just know that Lee Pace is super good. Like, yeah, again, this was a tough corner to to, to go to like full on Tinder with Dawn. And I think it mostly worked. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get the idea that like they might have been borderline suicidal? Because, boy, I don't know where the boundary between the zapper and the right. non zap are. And I was like, oh, shit, he might be committing suicide. Um, I, I did
1: wonder that for a brief second. But I think like the magic of their technology makes this pretty much guaranteed that he doesn't have to worry about that right it can probably but I, just target I, I,
2: I wonder if there's a bit of an intentionality where like dawn Maybe. was su- suicidal but like, like but then they just replace him th- with a clone like is,
1: yeah, isn't it better for him anymore. to continue on with the knowledge yeah. of this and without being decant yeah yeah
2: well, what's better and what you can do and what you can bear and what you can bear in a moment is sure. is a, a lot of different and yeah uh, the fact that they adulterated Cleon, like, good lord, the palace security, oh my god, like Dusk is talking about, like, good thing I was here, and I put a stop to all this. You were fucking asleep at the switch, old man. Yeah. Is this an inside job? Is this Demerzel? Um, And then, like, the last scene of uh Cleon the 13th, I think, bashing the shit out of Cleon the first. Mm-hmm. Where does this leave the dynasty? Like, it feels like it's shattered, and is this going to be yet another, is it, is, is, is Goyer uh, fooling us by thinking that, that we're going to have Lee Pace uh, throughout the rest of the series, because like, I don't know, if you're no longer clones, why are you looking like each other?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, I, if I'm Dimmerzell and let's say Dusky is tainted, my
1: temptation here, or my thought here, is to go with the clone who mostly is uh, go, with, go with the Cleon who's mostly on board with the legacy plan and then just extract DNA from them and continue the dynasty. Like, get as close as you can to the original and go from there because you can't get back to the original, apparently.
2: Yeah. And I guess I'm, but like, I don't Which know would, like, that how would be much Dusk religious and spiritual significance that even the, imp- the Empire has invested in this because clearly, sure. like, that rea- I don't know what that reaction Dusk was having, but it wasn't a rational one to yeah. the, the fact that this kid's colorblind and it's got his thumbs on backwards, you know, uh-huh. um, like it, it was like an, abo- you know, oh, abomination. The blood is lying, is tainted. It's like, it's, it's, yeah. it's crazy, crazy boomer talk. He's, he's <laughs> spitting. So, uh, uh-huh. but yeah, I, I just liked it. Like the, the, this Lee pace is so good with like, uh, dismissing his shadows. Oh, nothing else. As he ca- calmly takes the candle and he blows it out and mm-hmm. then just goes and bludgeons this. Like what a, what a scene. Yeah, no, it's wild. uh And leaving the dust cliffhanger, like that there might be mm-hmm. a way to salvage this thing. And we'll find out next season. Because, like, yeah, next season could be 138 years into the future. It could flashback. It could be who knows. And, and I, I kept thinking um
1: as I was watching this episode, okay, this is the final scene, right? It's such a big moment. It's such a cool fucking thing to end on. This is the end. And it just kept going, scene after scene. That was, if not cooler than the last, at least as big, at least as Cause, swinging cause, yeah. for the
2: fences as the last. Because because when we got the Dimmerzelle tearing her face off, I'm like, oh, here's exactly. where we're gonna get the credits. And then it's like 138 years later in the Blue Drift. <laughs> what? It was and, a little Return of the Kingish, and I I uh-huh. I don't mind the Return of the King. Like we did a podcast earlier, no. and I'm like, fucking like if something's good, keep giving me more of it. So yeah. like, but yeah, there was a lot of potential endings. Uh, for sure this, this season. that's just or how this, good uh, all of episode. these
1: final scenes are right it's not yeah, I'm not saying I was looking at my watch I'm just saying every one of these could have been a season ender they were also good uh, they'll talk about that in her chambers
2: Demerzel tears away her skin uh, yeah, I think we we covered it and the the, the the big uh, Cleon yeah uh, the, the break away but yeah she does that's a this is a crazy this is a robot stretched to the point where she might break
1: yeah, you get to see a little bit of a little bit more of what's under there, right? Um, she's got the the t- Terminator human teeth kind of thing going pretty on. Pro, I guess. Pretty,
2: pretty prototype Westworld robot. Yeah, it's got, got the, like the a Obsidian Art Deco feel to yeah. it, though,
1: right? Like it's it's a little brassier uh-huh. than you would expect of maybe a a robot. Uh,
2: but yeah, I, I thought it looked very cool. I think she looks great for her age. She's sure. over 11,000 years old and, you know, yeah. the shit's still shiny under there. What more can you ask for? <laughs> True.
1: Eat your heart out, Yoda. Uh, Alright, in the blue drift, 138 years later, Gail wakes up as her pod descends onto Synax. She splashes down onto a world entirely covered in water. So, you know, science was right. Big surprise. Uh, she inflates a boat and takes Raish's knife on a journey to find signs of life. She finds her former home submerged and she sees a beacon below the surface, dives down to investigate. She finds another pod. She opens it up to find a slumbering Salvor. She drags Salvor to the surface and revives her and then Salvor tells Gale she's her daughter and gives her the prime radiant as proof. This is, this is the wafer, right? Like, hey, I've got this. Nobody else is going to have this thing.
2: Yeah, the, this is the exact this is, this is a mega wafer. Yeah. Uh, this is the omega wafer. <laughs> Um
1: I love what they do know, here. The, the, they do it a couple of times in the episode. They they tease you because th- there's the scene where dimmerzell um leads Dawn into the, the throne room to be judged, and you're not quite sure if there's another Dawn already sitting on the throne because they don't show the left right. hand side. They use her to right. block it, they cut the shot a little off to the left. Uh and, and in this scene, they're doing that with the land, right? I'm thinking, okay. Did Sinax survive? Is there Is there new signs of hope on Sinax and you keep seeing the ship from below as mm-hmm. it's descending, and they just won't mm-hmm. show me. they'll rotate the camera almost to the land or to the horizon and then cut away. I just really appreciated them teasing that reveal.
2: Yeah, I, and the fact that like, I, I also wonder because like her home looks like it's like flooded up to the rafters, so that's like mm-hmm. another 20, 30 feet maybe. But on the other hand, the, her, her folks were planning on putting that up on higher stilts. So like, who knows how much the water and it right. also makes me wonder, like, what is left? Is there anyone left on this planet? Or is this planet just been like abandoned? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I also, man, when she looked at that knife, I thought she would, I thought she might throw it overboard. Yeah. And if though I was like, what the hell, you know, that's another copy of Harry. But, um,
1: well, this uh, is for sure a way to get somebody back on board with the foundation. Send them your daughter from the future back with the prime radiant with the keys Dude, to psycho the history and strand these
2: two people together on this planet. And the thing is, is like I this has got to be something that's in opposition of Harry unless Harry's lying again and didn't and knew about Gales being a telepath or whatever, which that honestly opens up a big can of worms like there's so many ki- all I see is cans of worms that are unopened mm-hmm. uh, with this particular plot line, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just like, yeah. But the one thing I was surprised, because I was like, when when I saw there was this Salver in there, I'm like, oh, what the fuck? But she can access her mom's ancestral memories. And when she mm-hmm. says, I have a hunch about where she's going. That means a hell of a lot more than it does from from most people, um, yeah. you know. And so she's like, now nah, I don't know how she crashed. the the circumstances that she gets there is kind of wild, and I wonder if they'll rewind the clock a little bit and we'll get a little bit more of that next season. Um, yeah, um, but like, yeah, I I I really wonder where they're going because like one thing I don't believe is that Harry intended his dagger and him and gale and Salvor to be on synax on this water planet 138 years in the future mm-hmm. like i i like i i can't i can't like no the, 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 there's the, there'll be some the, there'll there'll be a lot of exposition and script the, to to get me onto that but like mm-hmm. i i it's, it just seems like it boggles my mind about how again the question is how next level is harry and right. they can make him however next level they want, but they do have to kind of walk us through how how he got there. And right now, everything he's saying is this is a surprise. Even affirming when uh, he comes out, uh, the, the, the independent copy of him on Terminus that comes out and it's like, where's Gale? Mm-hmm. Fuck, Gale's not here. Like, why would he say that if? I don't know. I, 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 yeah. Part like, of a subterfuge. Hey, a liar. I do I guess you can yeah. always. Yeah. You can always just say here he's
1: a fucking liar. Sure. Uh the other thing that struck me because this is all being done sort of underneath the narration by Gale who's talking mm-hmm. about the leaps you know um and and sometimes someone catches you and i i I thought about like the leap that Salvor's taking in this to strand herself on this planet where she thinks Gale might be for 138 years for presumably as long as that pod will keep her alive right like she's not coming out of that
2: at any point unless somebody else brings her out of it on the other hand i do think those pods can like you know like uh they lasted for like what 38 years and then was able to without being refueled blast off and go to a a system 138 years away so like Mm -hmm. again magic technology i i think oh no but it's a leap to
1: assume that anyone will ever find you you might be down there. But 4, that's what I'm saying. Like
2: years. it is a leap at this intuition, right? Like she's if she sees uh-huh. her mother going back to Synax, then you're right. It's a leap, but I think she has it's an elite. enormous. I mean, part of this whole season arc is Salver having faith in herself. Yeah, you know, sure. trust your instincts. Trust your instincts. Trust your instincts. Open your fist, trust your in, and she's she's doing that now. I mean, this is a ballsy. Yeah. This is a a ballsy play,
1: and I think that's why it's it's so nice to have um, this narration at the end because yeah, it does nicely
2: tie off both of these things. Um, or, or describe both of those things.
0: Uh, I have three things to talk about. Random on this scene. Okay. It honestly took me aback to parachutes deployed.
2: Right? Yeah. Like, they didn't, seem that not seem, didn't that seem like enough. fucking Apollo era? Like they're uh-huh. just like fucking like sh- really not anti-grab, not repulsors, not even fucking Elon Musk technology. Just parachutes. I mean, yeah. if it ain't broke, <laughs> right. if it ain't broke, then you know whatever. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I'm certain this is the screener nature of it. But when she the, oh, it, I can only describe it as an unfinished effect we saw mm-hmm. of the that transparent kayak deploying. it's yeah. Still, problem like I'm sure there's no way that's the final. I mean, there's just no way be. it can't be. It I'll describe it. It's it's like a tan previz looking. It's uh, not textured. Not textured, it's Transparent. It's all blocky. Yeah. It, it was. It, it's a it was made of is what it looks like, yeah. um, and then it turns into the clear thing. Also, uh, that clear kayak handled like shit. Uh-huh. I felt sorry for the Akkas, like it it is not track it is not like she puts a pin and like gives and it just like almost spins 180 it's coated in teflon on the bottom (laughs) it it looked like a real handful to Uh to paddle on on very very what i'm sure is earth water i don't think they actually went to Synax for this so Mm. (laughs) but that's where that's what happens when you uh design something to look futuristic and awesome and uh probably didn't get into the water until you started filming yeah. Uh, but I thought it was really because I'm a kayaker myself, and I just I just thought it was hilarious. The first pat- paddle she takes is like, whoa, goes 90 degrees. Next paddle. Whoa, 180 in the other direction.
1: That's like, <laughs> like, you know, those sleds when you were <sighs> when you were a kid that were just dishes like. Oh, yeah. Curved the, round, dishes? the round ones. Uh-huh. That's like what she was trying to kayak.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 360. You with can every make stroke.
2: suggestions of which direction to mm-hmm. go. But ultimately. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. All right, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, uh, I'm very curious to see what you all thought of this episode. And you can satisfy my curiosity by sending an email to foundation at baldmove dot com. Uh, At the time of this recording, I we haven't confirmed anything with Goyer as far as like a follow up conversation at the end of the season. But uh, uh, I would if you do have some questions for him and we do able to catch up with them, it's, it's complicated. It's going to be Thanksgiving pretty soon. Then Christmas, who knows? Yeah. But if, if we, if you want to take that leap of faith, you want to throw the message in the bottle and see if anyone responds, make sure you put Goyer in the subject matter line, because I'm going to try to, you know, net all those up, uh, when I'm compiling, uh, you know, potential questions to ask for him. And again, uh, am not promising this because, uh, um, we, we haven't heard back. Um, but, uh, if, if so, you know, by the next time we talk to you, it'll be, it'll be too late to get them in. So so go ahead and send those in and also foundation Baldmove.com is where you send them. Goyer in the subject line if you got a Goyer question, else just uh, give us the feedback. Uh, and we'll be back in a couple of days uh, to do feedback and do wrap up and maybe come back with another Goyer episode. But uh, if not, we'll
0: see you in a couple of days for the feedback. And until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.